Keeping it real with Jared Lawrence. Keeping it real with Jared Lawrence. I'm your host, Jared Lawrence. Rest in peace, Mac Miller. First and foremost, you know me. You know that's one of my favorite rappers. Top 10 in my mind. Got Mac Miller, Outkast, Goody Mob, Big Crit, Rhapsody, just to name a few. But those are, those are the rappers and groups that I bump heavy. Whenever I get a chance to play Mac Miller on this show, I'm definitely going to take advantage of it. Been gone. Been gone for a couple weeks. Probably a few weeks since I've had like a solo episode. Thank you to y'all who have been patient. Shout out to y'all who probably are glad I didn't do solo episodes. I, don't, I really don't know who likes the solo episodes and who doesn't. Me, personally, I love the solo episodes because it kind of gives me a chance to get a lot of stuff off my chest. So I enjoy it. I don't know out out of listeners like who really enjoys it or if y'all prefer me to have guests on but every now and then I feel like I gotta hit y'all with a solo episode just to just to reel it back in get a lot of these thoughts off my mind because I know when I have guests on sometimes people say I talk over them or I don't give them a chance to respond or I cut them off blah 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 and a lot of times it's just because I got so much to say I got so much to say so these are the types of episodes I love because I can say everything I want to say And with that being said, there's been a lot going on these past few weeks, man. But this is going to be one of those episodes where I'm kind of going to just talk. I'm going to give you my opinion on a lot of stuff. I'm going to be all over the place, I'm sure. We're going to touch on some topics. I'm going to give opinions on a lot of stuff. I'm going to freestyle and go off the top of my head on some stuff. But I just got a lot to talk about. So bear with me Um, if you guys like this type of stuff. Buckle up 
sit back, relax, and enjoy it. So just to get you guys caught up on what's been going on the last few weeks, I've had so much car trouble. Like, I don't understand what's going on. I guess it's because my car is getting up there in miles. I have like 152,000 miles on my car. So now I'm starting to run into all these issues where it's like this and that and this tie rod and this flush bar. All these different things I don't even know about. I don't even think I said it right. It's not a flush bar. It was a brush. Brush bar? Brush something. I don't know. But I had to get all this stuff fixed. I spent like $1,000 on getting my car fixed probably, what, three weeks ago. And it was actually wild because they told me my car would be done like the next day. Actually, they said it would be done the day I went. And it wasn't. So they're like, oh, here's a rental car, free. You know, we're not going to charge you. Of course not. You know, it's not my fault. So they give me the rental, and I take it home. And I'm, like, hitting them up the next day. We're like, what's up? Is the car ready? They're like, no. I'm like, what? So then they're like, oh, keep it another day. So I keep it another day. Hit them up next day. Is the car ready? No. I ended up having this rental car for three days for free. So I actually took it to work one day just because I'm like, let me put some miles on this thing. If I wasn't working, I probably would have took a trip somewhere just to get some free miles out of the car. Because, I mean, when your car gets up there, I don't think you guys realize how important it is to, like, get some miles out of it. So if it's not your car, hey, drive it as much as you want. So I pay like $1,000 for all these repairs this time or that time. And then I get the car back. And then my check engine light comes on a few weeks ago. So, yeah, it was probably like a month ago I went the first time. So then a few weeks ago, my check engine light comes on. Shout out to this dude at my job. He has, like, the little machine that you hook up and can do the diagnostics. So he does that. And he's like, oh, it was like a false read, so nothing's wrong with this. I'm like, all right, I'm good. So I'm driving it like normal for, like, a week, week and a half. And then, of course, the check engine light comes back on. And I'm like, dang, what's going on now? So I'm like, oh, maybe it's one of those false readings again. So I kind of ignore it, and I just keep driving. It goes off for like a day, then it will come back on and go back off. And I'm just like, what the heck is this? So finally, it comes on again, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to order my own machine. Like, he kind of showed me how to do everything, how to how to hook it up and wh- what type of machine to get. So I order my own off of Amazon, and I get it. I actually get it in the mail today, which is perfect timing because – I got to go back to work tomorrow. So I'm like, all right, before I make this 47 mile drive to work, which each way is 47 miles and my car like breaks down on me. Let me see what's going on. So I went to vote this morning, which I'll get into in a minute. And then when I come back home from voting, I see that Amazon delivered the package. So I go outside, I get the package, open it up. And I got this thing. It's called like Foxwell OBD2. So I guess it's just like a reader for the, check engine light or whatever. So I plug it in and it tells me something's wrong with the camshaft position, which I'm like, what the heck is a camshaft? So I'm like thinking, I'm debating with myself. Like, should I try to do this myself? Should I try to fix it myself? Or should I just take it to the, to the shop? So I take it to the shop and then they do their own little reading on it. Of course, it tells them the same thing that mine said, which was like, duh, but shout out to them. They're nice people. So they do theirs and they're like, Oh yeah. This thing, like, you're good until it stops working. If it stops working, your car's going to break down on the side of the road. So I'm like, do I take my chances and, and keep driving for, like, a week before I can, like, go back to the dealership and get a fix? Because I prefer going to the dealership. But I'm like, you know what? I don't have time to play around. So the guy's like, it's going to be, like, $211 to fix today. I'm like, oh, man. All right, just give get it done, whatever. I gave him the consent to do it. 
And then they fixed it. I, I went walking around and ended up buying unnecessary stuff at Marshall's along the way. But that's what I'm not going to say unnecessary. I got some socks. I got a charger for my phone, like one of the USB cords for like three bucks. And um, some spices and some boxers. And if you guys know me, you know the war on boxers is real. So I actually got some boxers that might be all right, like the mesh type that I like. So I'm going to try these out another time. But, yeah, this might end up being a good purchase when I think about everything I got there. Needless to say, I spent $211. So in the last, like, month, month and a half, I've, I've spent, like, probably $1,500 on my car just getting stuff fixed, which is, bro. I'm going to get into all this at some point, but I'm trying to start saving money. And I realized that I have to start cutting back on a lot of expenses. Like I've been out of control with the spending and I've been getting hit with a reality check lately where it's like, I can't spend like I used to because I don't make the same money that I used to. Like it was a time about a nine year stretch where I never really had to look at my bank account, you know, some people have to look to make sure they have enough before they pay for something. I never had to do that. And I, it kind of spoiled me. And now I'm at a point in my life where it's like, I got to look. Like, I got to start monitoring the bank account every month. I got to see what's coming in, what's going out. Shout out to my homegirl, Dominique Jones. <laughs> me and Dominique were talking on the phone last week. And we both, like, made this little bet with each other. And we're like, yo. We're going to try to save $600 a month each. Like, that's going to be our goal, our saving goal. And just looking at how my spending's been going, I got to tighten up on a lot of stuff. So I actually hit Dominique up today because I knew my car was in the shop, and then I bought some stuff at Marshall's, and um, I bought some stuff on Amazon the other day too. Like, I bought the, the reader for the car, like I said, the code reader or whatever, and I bought a couple other things. So I said, Dominique, I said, Dominique, we got to push this back to um, November. Dominique was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm still doing it. I was like, oh, oh, I got to push it back to November. So me, when November comes, I'm going to try to get back to the $6 or $600 a month savings. But it just wasn't feasible this month. And looking at some of my expenses, some stuff has to go, man. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, all right, what can I kind of cut out to like save money going forward? And I've made the decision that starting in 2021, I got to let my line guy go. Yeah, Jerry, he's been a good guy for me for the last like five, six years cutting my grass, but I'm paying him $120 a month and he's been a little out of control. I mean, let me just start with that. I've been, since I've been home more now, I'm monitoring it a little bit more. And this guy is cutting my yard in October, in October. Keep that in mind. It's not June where it rains every day and the grass grows every week. It probably doesn't need to be cut for like two weeks. Maybe a week and a half you can strike if you want to push it up a little bit. Maybe a week and a half. But Jerry, I've been seeing him. He's cutting my grass in under seven days. Under seven freaking days. Like I'll be home on my off day. And I'm looking outside. The I hear the lawnmower and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I look outside and I'm like, bro, this grass ain't even that high. <laughs> like this grass don't even come up. Past my toe. And he's out here cutting. I'm like, what is he doing? Now, Jerry's an honest man. He's a Christian. He goes to church. He serves God. He has like Jesus loves you on the back of his truck. So I don't think he's trying to finesse me. 
maybe his schedule is just a little bit off the way he does yards and stuff. But I got a problem with the way he's maneuvering right now. And I don't, I'm not the confrontational type, so I can't like bring it up to him like, yo, Jerry, you're out of control cutting my grass every five days. But it's just kind of bothered me inside. And I know I'm being hypocritical because I'm probably going to talk about some stuff later about guys not being honest with their feelings and stuff. But this is different because I've already been thinking about how to save money going forward. So I've already made up in my mind, like, yo, I need to start cutting my own grass because I want to get an electric lawnmower. And if I buy an electric lawnmower, which is probably like a good one, like three or 400 bucks, I'm saving on gas. Now, yeah, the battery is going to have to be charged, whatever, but I'm saving on gas and I'm doing it myself. So I'm already making the money back that I pay for the equipment in like four or five months of what I pay Jerry. So that's kind of like my reasoning, my logic with all this. And I, I got to break it to him pretty soon. He's, a, he's such a nice guy too, man. Like he gives me Christmas cards every Christmas, but he's just out of control with the, with the cutting too often. So I've kind of made up in, in my head like, yo, I got to let him go. I got to start doing this myself to save money because I'm always looking for ways to save money. Even like my phone bill, like I try to put y'all on game and I'm going to try to get y'all some, some nuggets tonight, little things that you can do to save money. Like I use straight talk for my phone. I pay $46 a month. Next year, I'm probably getting rid of data just because I told y'all I'm going to start being more like recluse. Uh, I'm going to kind of keep to myself more. I'm going to be off the internet as much as possible. I'm probably going to read a lot more books. And while I'm talking about this, let me just say this now. Because I said this with Damien, and I'm just feeling like a lot of people don't understand my thinking when it comes to, like, things I want to do or the way I see the world. And shout out to Mac Miller. That song kind of talks about all that, too. Like, it just feels like I see things differently than everybody. So a lot of times this stuff makes total sense to me, like getting off the Internet and doing this but everybody wants like a reason everybody wants to know why am i doing this why and i don't have a good reason that is probably going to be enough to satisfy you guys like in my head it's a great reason everything makes sense to me but i find when i try to explain stuff to people the way they look at me and the 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 more questions you get that kind of turns me off and makes me want to just not even explain it anymore because it's like dang y'all don't really understand what i'm trying to do here and that's okay. I don't need y'all to understand every little thing. I feel like I'm like LeBron James. I have like a, a special vision. The way he sees the court is kind of like the way I see the world. And I see things very differently. So things make sense in my head. And I'm like, yo, this, everything I'm doing is the right thing to do. But I think I'm just done trying to explain it to people. So going forward, like when people ask me a lot of questions about why I'm doing something, I'm really not going to have a good answer. Because I don't want to explain why I'm doing what I do. Like, just trust the process. And I'm probably going to make an announcement on Facebook about this at some point in the near future. But it makes sense to me. That's all you need to know. But going back to Jerry, I got to let him go. I'm trying to cut costs. Like I said, my phone bill, $46 a month. But try to get that down in, like, the 20s next year. Um, I'm just looking at different things. Going out to eat. I've been out of control with the going out to eat. I've been buying like $30 meals, $25 meals when I'm going out. And it's like, all right, if I'm going to do like a go out to eat maybe once a week, but I shouldn't be spending $25, $30 on a meal like three, four times a week. I got to cut that back. So I'm doing more cooking at home. I actually have some spaghetti on the pot right now simmering. I'm probably going to go check it in a little bit just to make sure everything's good. Probably turn it off in a little while. 
I'll take a little break at some point during the show. So just cutting back on the food, going out to eat, the lawn, the lawn care, phone bill, and just other things. Like I'm, I'm going to do a deep dive probably next week on my budget and just see how much money I'm bringing in a month, what's going out, what I'm spending on, and just see if this $600 saving a month is realistic. I think I could do it, but I got to probably tighten up a lot of things because, like I said, I don't make as much as I used to. So for me, I love the challenge of trying to do this, but I'm also going to have to be very precise in my spending, very disciplined. And I think I haven't had to do that in a while, but this is a new part of my new chapter in my life where I kind of have to go back to the old way of doing things before I was making a good amount of money. You know, even when I shop, like I'm at Aldi now, I'm at Winn-Dixie. I'm at like the lower chain grocery stores. I'm, I'll do Publix every now and then when they have the sales, but you know, I got, I got to get in where I fit in. So I'm just being smart with all my spending going forward, man. And whatever things I learned along the way, I'm gonna try to put y'all up on it. Like I said, I ordered the thing on Amazon to read the codes on the car. I think it's a good thing to have in handy, especially with my car. It has 152,000 miles. It's getting up there in mileage. So just to be more on top of things, if something happens, if that light comes on, now I know what it is. I know what to expect before I even take it to get looked at. Um, I have an air machine in my, in my trunk too, just in case I need air, like little things like that, that you don't really think about that. You're always like, Oh, I can just go get it, get this looked at easily or get this for free. I prefer to have that stuff on me just because there's going to be times where you're not going to be able to make it to the air machine. Like there's been times where I've come out of my house and my tire was flat and I'm like, what the heck happened? And it's just been like a slow leak and overnight it's just flat. So you need to pump it up immediately. And that, that's where the air machine comes in handy, where you can't drive it to get air because you got to get air in it before you can leave your house. So things like that, the diagnostic thing will come in handy for me because I'm sure the check engine light will come on again because as things misfire on your engine, you're going to get alerts and it's good to know what, what it's for instead of being like some of my friends who drive with their check engine light on and swear, oh, it's fine, everything's fine. Just because your car is running don't mean everything's fine. So shout out to y'all who who are uh, moving by faith and not by sight. But me, I want some peace of mind. So if you see me, you have your check engine light, hit me up. I'll probably, I can do it for you. I'll run the diagnostics. We'll see what's going on. I always want to look out for my friends anyway. Uh, I'll get back to y'all more on the saving money stuff as these episodes move along. But I went to vote today, all right? And I told y'all I was going to vote by mail. That was the, the goal from the beginning, to vote by mail, to avoid the long line. I've been voting by mail for like the last five years, maybe, maybe even more than that, because I was working on the road so much. So I got that ballot and, you know, I me, mean, I wait to the last minute. But shout out to Mark. Shout out to my boy, Mark. <laughs> Mark kind of pushed me to vote early this year. Like he was on top of me like, yeah, did you vote yet? Did you vote yet? And I finally did, man. I finally voted. I had the ballot, the vote by mail, because my my plan was to fill out the ballot, put it in the mail, and mail it off. Um, not even, No, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm tripping right now. My plan was to fill out the ballot, uh, put it in the envelope, take it to where the voting center is because they have the drop-off box where you can just put the ballot in, and I was going to do that and avoid the line. So I voted, and I, well, I, didn't vote. I filled it out last night, and as I'm filling it out, I'm, I'm feeling confident in everything I'm, I'm voting for. 
But then afterwards, I kind of read up on some more of the amendments because there were six amendments on here. And there was a couple I didn't agree with after I read up a little bit more. And I'm like, damn, I already filled this ballot out. So then I'm like, all right, I'm going to just have to go in there tomorrow, wait in this dang line and vote like a regular person, which, you know, that's what the American thing is to do. So this morning, or I, should I say this afternoon, because I woke up at like, I had every intention of waking up at 930 and going in there early and voting because I'm like, there's probably going to be no line. I didn't go to bed last night till probably like 5 or 6 a.m. So I woke up at like 9.30, but I've, you know when you wake up early, super early, and your body's just not feeling it, and you know there's just no way you can get out of bed and be productive that day without some more sleep? It was one of those where I'm like, all right, I need like another hour because the coffee ain't going to be enough to get me through. So I hit snooze for like another hour. I woke up at like 10.30. I get up. I don't even get up, actually. I lay in my bed, and I'm on my phone on Facebook and all these other apps, Instagram. And that's part of the reason why I need to get off next year because I lay in the bed for like an hour every time I wake up, and I'm on all these apps being unproductive. So finally, I get out of bed at like 11.30. By the time I'm dressed and brush my teeth, wash my face, like everything, it's like noon. I get to the voting place at like 12.30, and you guessed it, the line is ridiculous. There's mad people there. I guess people are on lunch breaks or people are off or people just decide they want to go vote that day. I don't know what was going on, but I'm like, dang, bro, I picked the wrong time to come. But I'm like, you know what? It's my fault because I filled the ballot out wrong. I'm going to pay the price. So I go in there. I wait in line. It's like 15, 20 minutes. Not long at all. Not too bad. I wait in the line and then I go in and I fill out the ballot. Well, no, I get the ballot. And then I finally go and fill it out. And I want to go over everything I went on. I want to go over everything that I voted for with y'all just to let y'all know where I'm at with everything. So for the president, vice president, of course, I went with Biden and Harris. There was just absolutely no way I was going Donald Trump. I don't know who any of these other people are. Kanye, surprisingly, is not even on the Florida ballot. Kanye's not on the ballot. We have some representatives, representatives for Congress. So in District 8, I went with Jim Kennedy, who's a Democrat. State representative in District 50, I went with Nina Yoakum, Democrat. Of course, I was going to vote Democrat. Like, if I see Democrat next to your name, I'm voting. Just because I know people say, yo, you can be, a, like, a Democrat or whatever and vote for another candidate. But it's not that I don't trust these candidates. I think they will all cater to Donald Trump in the future. So for me, it was like, yo, I can't even give y'all a chance because I feel like if it comes down to you having to vote for something, you probably rolling with Trump. So I can't even, even if I like your policies, I can't trust you in the long run. So I went Democrat on those. Now there was some Supreme court justices, some people who are on the ballot to uh, see if they should be retained in office. This is where it gets tricky. Cause I didn't know any of these judges. So I did my research. Uh, Orlando Sentinel had a great little post on there, kind of breaking everything down. And I read about all these judges and apparently there's like a, a approval thing by the overall association of judges. So they kind of tell you who they're rocking with. And it kind of is a good barometer of what you need to do or what you should do. And only two of them have bad approval ratings. So I went with what they said. I didn't vote for the ones with the bad approval rating. So actually the first person on this ballot, Carlos G. Muniz, bad approval rating. It was like in the 60s. So I had to go no on him. Judge Kerry Evander. I went yes with him. Judge Jamie Grosshands, I went yes. Um, Judge John M. Harris, I went yes. 
Judge Richard B. Orfinger, I went yes. Judge Meredith Sasso, you was looking shaky out here. You was looking shaky. I don't know what you've been doing these last few years, but your approval rating was in the 60s too. Had to go no. Had to go no on her. Judge F. Rand Willis Wallace. That's a weird name. Judge F. Rand Wallace. W-A-L-L-I-S. I should have went no for the name, but I'm not going to be like that. I ain't going to be petty. Because you know what? Your parents named you. You don't have a choice on what your name is. So I went yes with him. He had a good approval rating. The sheriff for Brevard, this is, this is a tricky one too. Wayne Ivey's been the sheriff out here for a while. They love him. He's a Republican now. He's a Republican. I've seen him in the news with some stuff people have been upset about. So I kind of had to, I had to go against Wayne Ivey. And I actually kind of like when I hear him talk. I don't mind Wayne, I- Wayne Ivey, but I had to go against him. Because, like I said, he's been in the news for some negative stuff. I was like, all right, man, it ain't, it ain't the move for him. So I went with Alton Edmond. Shout out to him. He's a Democrat and he's a brother. Wayne Ivey was a Republican. But honestly, I probably would have went for Wayne Ivey, but I've seen some negative stuff about Brevard in the news. And I feel like when I see negative stuff, I'm willing to give the other person a chance. And I did that with a few candidates just because I'm like, all right, what, how much worse can it be with them? Maybe we need some fresh blood in here. And then we had the Board of County Commissioners, District 1. I went with this guy named Dwight Siegler. He's a Democrat. I've already explained to you why I voted Democrat. Canaveral Port Authority, District 4. I went with Paul Kellum, another Democrat. And hey, I can't wait till one day I see my name on here. I feel like I'm going to be on one of these ballots one day, and I can't wait. Soil and Water Conservation District, Group 1. Went with Adam Tritt. There was a guy named Henry Boo. Mini Boo. I guess Boo's the nickname. Now, I read up on these guys. Adam Tritt actually had something posted, like a question and answer thing. Boo did not. Boo had no information. And I, I'm sorry, but if you don't take it serious enough to respond to the, the newspapers when they're trying to talk to you and you don't give us any information, can't vote for you. So I'm with Tritt there. City of Titusville City Council, seat two. I went with uh, this girl named Sarah or this woman. Sorry to all my feminists out there. I went with this woman named Sarah Stokel. I've been seeing her signs a lot all over town. I don't know anything about her. I read a little bit about both of them. The dude that she was running against, Chris Childs, he had been in office for a while. But like I said, I, sometimes I want to go with the young blood just to switch it up. feel like we can uh, do some things different. And then when the last one on here was City of Titusville City Council C3. It was a guy named Joe C. Robinson, who's a brother, versus a guy named Mark Smith. Now... <laughs> Feel like Wale out here because it was like, sue me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. So I went with Josie Robinson. And not just because he's black, but I read what he was talking about. And a lot of his stuff was about neighborhoods and fixing the neighborhoods up and making sure everything's good, revitalizing these neighborhoods and the crime, worrying about that, and just alternatives to how we fix things. And the other guy was just worried about the hospitals. And I'm just like, all right, bro. You know all this Black Lives Matter stuff going on these days, and you ain't telling me nothing about what you going to do for the neighborhoods? You just worried about these dang hospitals? Like, nah. Had to get him up out the paint. So I voted for Joe C. Robinson. Hopefully he wins. I'm really looking forward to this election next Tuesday. It's been a weird year with the election because at first I wasn't really into it. I was kind of like, oh, 
this is so annoying. I'm ready for it all to be over, which I still kind of am ready for it to be over. But I think it's because I actually voted. I'm a little more excited now just for the whole process to run its course and for us to have some clarity in the way we're going to move forward as a nation. And it's, it's a lot, but I'm excited now. I'm waiting for it. Shout out to um, Ice Cube too, man. He's been catching a lot of heat. I'm going to get back to my ballot in a minute, but let me just speak on the Ice Cube thing. Everybody's mad at Ice Cube for meeting with Donald Trump and giving him the uh, ideas for black America and what to do with black America. And Trump implemented some of that into the platinum plan. A lot of people were pissed because he met with Donald Trump and they're like, oh, how can you meet with Trump, blah, blah, blah. And I don't blame him. I don't blame Ice Cube for meeting with Trump. And I'm going to tell you why. One of these two is one of these two old white men is going to win this election. All right. Either Joe Biden's going to win or Donald Trump is going to win. One of the two there ain't going to be no outside people it's either or. So why not meet with who with both of them? Why not be with both and make sure they both have a plan for the black community for when they win? You know, whether it's Biden or Trump, why not make sure that we are a priority and we have a say in what, what they are, what their plan is going forward. People are killing cube. Like they don't want him meeting with Donald Trump at all. Like F Trump and all that. And you know me, I don't really care for Trump either. Fuck Trump. That's for my woldies. Like I'm not the biggest Trump fan, but I also wouldn't, I would never say no to a meeting with him. Like if you gave me an opportunity to meet with Donald Trump, I would meet with him just to give my views. Now I'm gonna tell you one thing I would do. Cause I already know how they're going to play it. They're going to try to Kanye me with that, with the photos of me looking out chummy with him and buddy, buddy. So if I ever meet with Donald Trump or any president, I'm going in there with like a Black Lives Matter t-shirt, Colin Kaepernick jersey, something, something to let them know, like I'm down for the cause. I'm here for blackness. Like y'all ain't going to have me in a picture with me looking crazy. Rather, it's going to be a picture of me and him. And he's looking crazy for being in a picture of me with the Black Lives Matter shirt on. So I'm going to make sure I'm repping, but I'm also going to go in there and I'm going to give him like my ideas for what we should do. It's kind of like Craig Hodges back in the day when the Chicago Bulls went to the White House and he gave George Bush a letter and he's in there with the dashiki and he's letting George Bush know all his issues and what he wants him to do for the black community. So I would do something similar if I had a chance to meet with the president. And another reason I'm not mad at Ice Cube for meeting with Donald Trump is from what I've what I've read, that plan that. He gave them and the ideas, a lot of those came from the OGs, like the OG black leaders, Dr. Claude Anderson and some others. So for me, when you're getting, when you're getting the knowledge dropped on you from the elders and you're passing that information along, like these are people I consider leaders, people I consider, uh, people I would, I would listen to. Like Dr. Claude Anderson is phenomenal. I don't know if you guys have ever watched his breakfast club interviews. If you haven't stop what you're doing right now and go watch those or watch them after the show. But he is phenomenal. He has a plan for black America and I'm not mad at ice cube for furthering that message. Even if it is Donald Trump, you guys, like I said, you got to realize somebody going to win this election and no matter who wins, it's going to be somebody that the other side didn't want to win. So everybody got to be okay with the other side being in office. Like we've been dealing with Donald Trump in office for the last four years. I ain't going to say you got to be okay with it because some of y'all will never be okay with it, but you got to accept it. And if you don't accept it, it's still reality. Like somebody's going to be in office. Donald Trump is currently the president. He might end up being the president again. I hope not. I hope it's Biden and Harris. 
like I said, I'm a big fan of Kamala Harris. Joe Biden, not so much. But I voted on the strength of Kamala because I feel like at some point Kamala's running this country. So those are who I voted for. But I want both of them to have a plan for the black community. And Joe Biden, honestly, up until this point, Joe Biden has not really shown too much that he cares about when it comes to the black community. Now, I think Kamala cares and Kamala wants to get her stuff off. But I feel like she's kind of towing the line right now where she don't want to do anything that's going to mess up the vote for Biden. I think Kamala's playing it very safe. I feel like if she gets in, if Biden and her get in, she's probably going to open it up a little bit more and be more aggressive. But I feel like Kamala is definitely playing uh, prevent defense right now in the fourth quarter, trying not to give up a big touchdown. Because, you know, Joe Biden be kind of wild. And that debate a couple weeks ago with Donald Trump and Joe Biden, people said he did really good in that debate. I, I don't know. I wasn't that impressed, I guess. Him not making a fool of himself is considered him doing good, but I, I didn't really, I wasn't too impressed with either performance by Biden or Trump. I thought they both dodged some stuff. I thought that Trump talking about all this fracking and stuff that people do not care about. Like Donald Trump got to, somebody got to tell Donald Trump that us regular folks, us nine to five people who make under 50,000 a year, bro, we don't give a fuck about fracking. We don't even know what fracking is. That and then Biden wanting to do the, clean energy and shutting down these oil bro we don't care about this stuff those rich people worry about that because that's their money they they the ones going to lose money so i think donald trump when he talks about that stuff he's talking to his base or rich white people but everyday people trust me we do not care about that stuff let me get back to these amendments too so on my ballot like i said we had these amendments so i'm going to read over some of these and kind of tell you where i had changed my mind what made me want to act different? So Amendment 1 was basically it's the citizenship requirement to vote in Florida elections. It's pretty self-explanatory. If you're a United States citizen and you're at least 18 and a permanent resident of Florida, then you should be able to vote in Florida. Yes, I think so. All right. I don't know. I mean, look, I know we got some stuff with the illegal immigrants and all that. Maybe I'm conservative here, but I, I do think you should be a resident. I think you should be a citizen to vote. All right? If you, because voting is like the people who pay taxes. So if you don't pay taxes, I don't think you should be able to vote. That's the simplest way to say it. Because a lot of stuff that we vote on has to do with taxes. And stuff like um, Amendment 2, which is the minimum wage thing, where right now the current minimum wage in Florida is $8.56. All right? So if Amendment 2 passes, minimum wage will go up to $10 an hour, effective September 30 of 2001. And each year after that, the minimum wage increases by a dollar per hour until September 30 of 2026, when it would be $15 an hour. Now, this is the one I'm really passionate about. I've seen a lot of arguments on both sides of this. The big businesses are shaking in their boots. They hate it. They think, Oh, if you give minimum wage $15 an hour, we're not going to be able to survive. We're going to close down. This is the argument you always hear about the minimum wage thing where it's like, how are big businesses going to survive? How are small businesses going to survive? Nobody's going to be able to survive apparently, right? Although their workers have been surviving on 856 for the last how many years? When you think about it, I was making minimum wage in high school in like the 90s. Late 90s, the minimum wage was like 515. So in like... 25 years almost, we've only met from 515 to 856, right? 
Meanwhile, everything else is pretty much doubled in price since then. Gas, food, everything. Everything's pretty much doubled, but the minimum wage couldn't even get to 10 bucks. So to me, it's not as bad as people are making it seem. And I say that because you get almost a whole year before it even goes up to $10 an hour. Like you get a year to prepare for 10. It's not going up to 10 until September 30th, 2021. So as a business, whether you're small or big, you should be able to prepare in the next year for $10 an hour, right? Then each year going forward, it goes up a dollar. I think every business should be able to kind of make the necessary adjustments each year as it starts going up, whether you need to cut staff, add staff. Maybe you need more full-time people, less part-time people. Maybe that's the answer. I know a lot of people don't do that because they don't want to pay health care, but maybe it's something like that. But this is the reason I think it's a good amendment or good for the minimum wage to go up. I think with this current, this current climate we're in, it's a very... We're in a very interesting time in this world where things are, a lot of businesses are closing. Things are never going to go back to what they used to be. A lot of these long time businesses are gone. It's a, it's pretty much a, a reset on the world. So now with this reset, everybody has to rethink how they go about the way they do things. Businesses are going to have to change their whole model on how they do things. Movie theaters are probably done. Like, Certain things are never going to probably come back or never recover. And I think that's going to open the way for new businesses to come. So now when you get new businesses, to me, it's the perfect opportunity to start them on the right foot instead of starting them with the same old, same old $8.56 an hour, 56 cents an hour. Let's start them with a $10 minimum wage. So they get, they already know out the gate how they got to operate instead of trying to adapt, you know? Now, some of these businesses do have to adapt. Some of them have to adapt. And that's why you have a gradual increase for five years. It gives you time to adapt. So you got the the smaller businesses who are going to have to change how they do things. And then you got the big businesses or the newer businesses who need to start new, but need to start on the right foot. The way to start doing things the way it should should have been done a while ago. Right. So to me, this is the perfect time to start, because if you try to do this maybe last year, when everybody was still setting their ways, I don't think it would have worked. I think it would have been a disaster. It probably, I think if you would have tried to do this last year when everything was good, it might have messed the economy up. But because the economy's already messed up and we're going to start from scratch pretty much, I think it's the perfect time. I think it's the perfect time to start over and start on the right foot, get this minimum wage to a respectable level because most of these workers can't afford what they're paying right now. You know, a lot of people can't afford their rent. A lot of people can't afford food, gas, clothes. So let's let's see how this goes. It's a five-year gradual increase. A lot of big companies are already saying they're going to $15 an hour anyway. So I think it's it's the mom and pop ones that are probably going to have to figure it out. And if you ever get a chance, there's a great article about Seattle and their minimum wage. I would, I would, I would recommend everybody read that article on Seattle because Seattle actually raised their minimum wage to $15 an hour. I think it was like a year or two ago. And there was an article basically talking about how it affected everything. And what I read from that article, there really wasn't much change. Now, they did do a few things differently, whereas they had um, $15 minimum wage for the big companies. If you had under 100 employees, I believe, you were allowed to do $12 minimum wage. But at some point, you had to raise up to 15 I think, in the next few years. So they gave them that choice. I think health insurance was somewhere in there. Like, there were certain things in there. 
and they talked to different workers. And from what they said, some of them ended up working more hours because that's another thing. These companies don't value their workers. So they want everybody to be part time because they think these jobs, a lot of these small jobs or low paying jobs are revolving door where you're always hiring. It's a high turnover rate. So if you raise that minimum wage, I feel like you'll get more loyalty. You'll get people staying at these jobs longer. And then you don't have to worry about the turnover rate, having to pay to train new people and always looking to hire new people. And I feel like that's a positive that might come from this. People staying at jobs longer. Remember back in the day, man, when you would get a job out of high school, a factory job or whatever, you stay at these jobs for like 30, 40 years, you would retire there. Now we don't see that as much because these jobs have such a high turnover rate. So Maybe a higher minimum wage gets us back to that where there's more stability in these companies for everybody. Everybody feels more comfortable staying where they're at. And then the companies can grow and develop. But everybody's going to have to make up their own mind on what they, what they think, what they agree with when it comes to the minimum wage argument. I've made my case for it. I voted yes. I agree with it. Now we get to Amendment 3. All voters vote in primary elections for state legislator Governor and cabinet. Now, this is the one that tripped me up. I originally voted yes on this. I voted yes because it basically opens things up where it's like, it's kind of like a free for all where all of the voters are going to get to vote in all the primaries, in all the elections and all the cabinets are put together. And this is what it, this is the part that kind of gave me pause. It says, this is the part, this is the part that I agreed with in the beginning allows all registered voters to vote in primaries for state legislator, governor, and cabinet, regardless of political party affiliation. All candidates for an office, including party-nominated candidates, appear on the same primary ballot. So at that point, I'm rolling. I'm like, this is a great idea. I'm with y'all. After that, this is what gave me pause. It said, two highest vote-getters advance to general election." If only two candidates qualify, no primary is held, and winner is determined in general election. Candidates' party affiliation may appear on ballot as provided by law. Effective January 1st, 2024. So we have a while before that will start. This is the part, and I had to do a little bit more research on it, because originally I said yes on my uh, mail-in. So I did a little bit more research, and I felt a little bit uneasy about my decision. So when I did the research, I saw that, this is where we run into problems. All right. Top two get the vote or top two are on the ballot, right? Top two out of the whole thing. The problem I didn't like, the thing I didn't like about this, and I'm not sure how it would have worked, but to me it sounded like no matter what the party was, the top two go on the ballot. So whether it's two Republicans, a Democrat and a Republican, two Democrats, top two on the ballot. I didn't like that for this reason. You have, if you have like a black democratic candidate, you have two strong Republican candidates that you know their party's going to vote for. They're going to get the nod over the black democratic candidate who I feel like is probably not going to get a, a fair shake because people might just go straight Republican because they want all Republican. And that's, I, I wasn't really sure how that worked, but I felt like that's the way it could go. And I saw a Magic Johnson commercial many times on YouTube saying to vote yes for this. But to me, it just seemed like a recipe for disaster. And I think the argument was a lot of minority candidates were going to get left out of this, where 
maybe 30%, we'll lose 30% of our minority candidates. And that was enough to scare me. That was enough to scare me into going no on that one. So I changed it. I went no because I said, you know what? I don't like this free-for-all, this royal rumble of anybody gets on because you could end up with two Republican candidates that are white males, probably older white males, and then a younger black Democrat candidate doesn't even get a chance, whereas at least in the primary, you're going to have a Democrat and a Republican. So we might be able to sneak the black dude in as a Democrat and then get him up to the general where we build him up and he has a better chance to win, whereas he might not have had that chance early on. You get more opportunity to build him up, prepare him, whereas you might have the Republican, the two Republicans who end up going against each other in the final round. And to me, I didn't like that. I didn't like how we might not have a voice in that one. So I voted no. I changed it. That was part of the reason I had to go in there today and vote in person. Now we get to Amendment 4. Amendment 4, voter approval of constitutional amendments. It requires all proposed amendments or revisions to the state constitution to be approved by voters in two elections instead of one. In order to take effect, the proposal applies the current thresholds for passage to each of the two elections. Now, I originally said yes on this one because I said, you know what? Why not give them a second opportunity to see if this is what we want to vote for? Now, when I did more research on this one, I, I stopped. I saw some stuff I didn't like about this kind of the cons. It's the, the one biggest con out of this was that it's just going to cost extra money to have another election. So, like, we're voting twice for the same thing. So then there's extra money that it's going to cost. And voter turnout might be low the second time. So by the time, you know, you get everybody hyped to vote the first time, then it's like, oh, y'all got to come back again. It's kind of like it's kind of like playing a game. And then midway through, the game gets rained out. And then they got to come back tomorrow and start the game over again. And you know what? The, all the fans might not show up. The players might not be as into it. So to me... That worried me having two elections for the same thing. Felt like we can just get that accomplished in one election. So I actually changed my mind on that. I went no. I went no on that one. Another reason why I had to go in person today and vote. So those two, I flip-flopped on. I went from yes to no on both. Now, Amendment 5, this was a confusing one a little bit, but it was like limitations on homestead property tax assessments, increased portability period to transfer accrued benefits. Proposing an amendment to the state constitution effective January 1st, 2021 to increase from two years to three years, the period of time during which accrued save our homes benefits may be transferred from prior homestead to a new homestead. I, I went yes. I'm not going to lie. I was a little confused by this one. I read about it. Basically, what they said is if you go yes, it might knock some money off of the homestead tax. That was enough for me. That's all I needed to hear. I guess the state will lose some money, but hey. Yeah, I've gotten enough of our money with these homesteads, with these property taxes. So I went yes on that one. Amendment six. It was a ad valorum tax discount for spouses of certain deceased veterans who had permanent combat related disabilities. Now, to me, this was a pretty much a no brainer. I went yes. And the reason I went yes is because it, it gives a discount to the Spouses of those whose, you know, their spouse had died in war, um, war or whatever. Maybe that night, even after they come home, they've died. They still get the discount or if they had a permanent combat related disability. Now, the only way they said the discount gets taken away is if they remarry or they sell the home. So for me, I said, you know what? 
we always talk about supporting the troops and looking after them. This was a no-brainer. I went, yes. No questions asked. The last one on mine was a school board referendum. It was a half-cent sales surtax extension for critical school facility security and technology upgrades. I'm all about, you know, helping the kids. I don't have any, but I still look out for them. This was a Brevard County only one. So I went yes on this. I'm going to look out for my county. I think our tax right now is only 6%. So what, six and a half is not a big deal. I remember Orlando had the half cent. I think they got rid of it. I don't even know if they still do it or maybe a seven now, whatever. I went, yes, it's not a big deal. I'm looking out for the kids. And that was pretty much the ballot. That was the ballot. Like I said, I had to redo it. Oh, one thing of note, when I was talking about the judges earlier, a big reason that I didn't really, I'm not too worried about the judge thing. If you look at it, if you do your research on all those judges, all of those judges were re, uh, appointed by Republican governors. So they're all pretty much like Republican affiliated judges. So even if the judges don't get uh, retained, the ones that I said, no, they're going to put new ones in that are appointed by governor DeSantis. So it really don't matter. The governor gets to appoint the judges. You're going to get Republican favored governors, like the ones they like. So all those are those type of people in the, in the governor, Supreme court, whatever seats. So Ain't much we could do there. Whether you say no or yes, they just going to replace them with more of the same. So those are kind of a wash, but I still want to get the ones out there that have bad approval ratings. It's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward. Uh, which one of my, which of my votes come to fruition, which of them don't. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to super Tuesday. Where's the super Tuesday? I guess no, it's super Tuesday is the like primary. I think. I don't know what they call the actual election one, but I'm looking forward to Tuesday for the actual election. I'll be at work all day. I'll be watching, staying. You know, we got a little TV on in there with the news all the time, so I'm sure I'll have election coverage. And if Donald Trump loses, I might have to stay in my house for a few days because I feel like his people are going to wild out. There's mad Trump flags in my neighborhood, so I don't know what they're going to do if he loses, but I'm staying low. I'm staying in the house. I don't plan on going anywhere. Hopefully my car stays good for a while, so I don't have to go get it fixed again. And yeah, man, it is what it is. So I'm going to get to topics since I spend an hour on like election stuff and car stuff and life stuff. And I'm going to talk about some other things. We're going to be a little all over the place when we come back. I'm going to take a little music break because there's this super dope song I have been meaning to play the last few weeks. And I got it off of Facebook. It was this choir um, I don't know where they're from. I don't know much about them, but they are so good. And I say, you know what? I gotta, I gotta play this on Facebook for y'all, man. Cause they're just super dope. I feel like everybody needs to hear it. It's very motivational and I'm gonna come back from this and I'm gonna get to some other hot topics. Not really hot topics. I'm gonna get to some stuff that pertains to like my life and things I want to talk about. And we're going to get weird when we get back, but I want to play this for y'all before I do. So enjoy the music by this choir. This is Keeping It Real with Jerry Lawrence, and I will be right back.
That was a great intermission, man. If y'all, I don't know how y'all can watch that video because I don't know what it's really called. I just type inquire on Facebook, but if you get a chance to watch that video, it is, it's something else, man. Shout out to that choir. It's, it's students too. That's what's so impressive. It's like high schoolers, man. It just gave me goosebumps listening to that. And sometimes you need the word, man. Sometimes you need something to get you, get you through the day, get you going. You in a rut. When I heard that, man, it just, it just gave me chills, man. It brought chills to me, and I I really, I really ain't got nothing else to say about it. It's just so, it speaks for itself. It speaks for itself, but let's get back to some topics, man. I know y'all want to hear my opinion on things, and you want to know, you want to you hear the weird stuff, too, which is what I love. So this is some random stuff I've been thinking about throughout the weeks, and I've written down, and I want to kind of speak on some things, so. Number one, or the first thing I want to talk about is why does vegan food never look good? And look, shout out to my vegans out there. Green is not a creative color. I'm sure y'all going to feel a way about this. I come in peace. Like I'm not trying to bring no smoke y'all way, but let's keep it a buck. Vegan food just never really looks good. Now, sometimes it'll surprise you and it'll taste good. But it just never really looks good. And I feel like they try so hard for it to look good. And the presentation is just not there with vegan food. And I think that's why I have a hard time being straight vegan. Like, I can probably go without meat sometimes. But for the rest of my life, I don't think they have enough dishes in the vegan world that can keep me there from uh, straying back to meat. Pause. Or it can keep me from, like, ribs and chicken, fish and brisket and hamburgers all that like they be trying though and i give them their props like they try to name the stuff after meat like they have vegan chicken wings and buffalo wings vegan this vegan that and they be trying but it just the food never really be looking good to me now like i said sometimes it tastes good they surprise you and the taste would be all right but it just never looks good enough for me it just looks like they're trying too hard a lot of times and that's that's kind of my issue with vegan food i feel like they try too hard Instead of just, you know, doing them, they kind of want to overdo it with the presentation. Like, ah, look at this. And it's so good to be a vegan, this and that. And fam, I'm not rolling. I'm not rolling. I just want to get that off my chest. So if y'all are mad about it, hit me on Instagram at Beyond the Glory. Let me know what vegan food looks good because I'm sure y'all going to tell me. Next thing I want to speak on is recently there's been like a string of black boys found hanging from trees and i want to kind of ask the question is it racially motivated or are we not taking mental health serious enough in the black community and this might be a controversial topic because i've really been thinking about this one because it seems like every time there's like a black boy that's found hanging from a tree everybody wants to like attribute it to white supremacy which yes it could be Related to that, maybe these KKK people are out here doing it. Maybe the MAGA people are doing it, but I really think it speaks to something else. I think it kind of speaks to the whole mental health thing in the black community and how we just avoid it or we act like it doesn't exist, but we're so quick to dismiss it. And I think this is one of those situations where these kids, these uh, black boys, God rest their souls, they could be suicidal. They could be, you know, going through things where they just don't want to be on this earth anymore. 
and they might be trying to reach out and tell somebody and nobody's taking them serious. And we see this stuff all the time. Whereas, you know, black boys, black girls growing up, you might tell your parents how you're feeling or if you're depressed and they kind of just act like it's nothing like, Oh, well you better depress yourself out of this and you better get your schoolwork done or you better do this and that. And they just kind of ignore it and dismiss it and act like it's not a serious thing. And then when we see these suicides or not, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to say suicides, but when we see these black boys found hanging from trees, our first thought is no, there's no way they could have did it. And you know, every time there's a suicide, the parents are like, Oh, my child was never suicidal. My child never thought like that. Like, that's just not how we are. But I don't think we really do a deep enough dive into these kids' minds, into their real feelings, their mental health, to know really how they feel about stuff. And that's the issue I'm having with this because I see it all the time. And it's like nobody will ever say it's possible that it was a suicide. It's always like, no, it was a crime. Like, and it, it might, like I said, it quite possibly could be criminal. But I have a hard time believing that every single one is this a hate group out here doing it. Like, I, there might be some, but I don't think it's every single one. I think some of these are really suicides. Maybe if we bring more attention to that and figure out why this stuff is happening, maybe we can take mental health more serious in the black community. But like I said, I don't want to disrespect anybody. Like, if, if it's not, you know, I don't mean any any harm by it, but I also want to make sure we look at both sides of it. Let's, let's keep an open mind because there are a lot of depressed people out here who are not taken seriously and we never really care until it's too late. I just want to speak on that a little bit. Maybe I'll get into that more on a later episode when I have somebody to kind of go back and forth with on that. But my opinion is we don't take mental health serious enough in the black community. That's basically all I can say about that one. I was talking earlier about my, my plan for next year and how I'm kind of going low and everything. I wanted to, I wanted to bring up this great tweet that uh, Courtney had. <laughs> Shout out to Courtney. Ever fresh. Ever fresh 83 listener of the show. He said something, man, and this has stuck with me like the whole week. Ever since he's tweeted this, I've been thinking about it. He said, I've always worked better alone. I do have the capability of being a team player, but I like being alone more times. That one stuck with me, man, because to me, that's me. That's me with the podcast. That's me in life, like me with relationships. It just, that one spoke to me a lot because I always felt like I'm my most successful when I'm alone. I feel like, I got a, a more of a drive, more of a hunger when I'm by myself. Stuff gets done. And it's just hard to explain, man. But being alone just brings something out of me that when I'm in a relationship or around a lot of people, it's just not the same. I don't have that same drive. I don't have that same hunger. So that one stuck with me. And just thinking about next year and how I'm, how I'm going to be so low out here in these streets. <laughs> and, uh, not on social media and anything, but I'm going to keep to myself a lot just because I feel like I'm more successful when I do. And like I said, man, people are going to probably be asking me a lot of questions. Like, why are you doing this? And that, bro, I just, I ain't going to have much explanation. I'm just going to keep a lot of stuff tucked to the vest and I'm not going to, you know, reveal too much. 
but also just thinking about like relationships in the past and why they don't work. And am I meant to be alone? I always think about like why I love being alone so much. And I really don't understand. I don't have a great answer, but I guess that Courtney tweet and just how I work better alone is probably the best answer I can give. So shout out to Courtney with that one, man. Cause that one really, like I said, I've been thinking about that one and just how I work better alone too. And I'm just more productive and yeah, I rocked with that one. And I'm going to segue that one into this other topic I had where Jarrell, you know, he spoke on this a lot when he was on here and he gave his perspective and I kind of brushed it off, but I'm starting to like side with him more on this one. Why do men feel like they can't be vulnerable with women? And he said, he said he didn't have anybody he felt like he could talk to. And I told him, you know what? I thought I had, I had like four, three or four people I felt like I could talk to. And I I thought about it again, man. And when I'm, when I'm thinking about like my true feelings on things and feelings on women and different things like that, I think I side with him now more on that where I don't know if I got anybody that I could really be vulnerable to. Like I've tried with certain people and I open up and I think the problem that I get and a lot of brothers out here get, and I hope women are listening to this part where we don't feel like we're taken serious, where, you know, you might open yourself up, pour your heart out to somebody. And the thing they go ask you is, are you okay? Like something's wrong with you mentally or something like that, or thinking you're suicidal or something like something crazy. But it's like, yo, we just trying to be vulnerable. We just try to be open with y'all. And I feel like women brush it off or they don't take us serious. And that just makes us keep a lot of stuff inside our true feelings for, for women. And that, that's probably part of the reason why we don't feel like we can be open with women. So I think, Ladies, if you're listening to this, when somebody tries to be vulnerable with you, when somebody tries to open their heart, just receive it. You know, whether whether you think something's wrong with them or not, just receive it. Don't be judgmental because being judgmental, I think, is what forces us or makes us want to keep a lot of stuff in. Because it takes a lot for a man to get to a place where he can open himself up and leave himself vulnerable and, uh, you know, naked out there and face whatever comes with it. You know, because whenever you open yourself up and you're vulnerable and you tell somebody how you really feel, it might not always be the reaction you want, you know. It might be something that you're not ready for that you can't handle, but you're putting yourself out there. So at least, ladies, just at least receive it. Don't question them like, oh, I think a lot of times they don't take dudes serious. I think that's the problem. They think guys are joking and stuff. And no, dudes really be trying to be out here, you know, emotional and showing y'all that, that softer side and Y'all just don't be receiving it well. Or y'all act like you don't see it when it's right in front of you. Kind of stuff y'all get mad at dudes for with not taking signs and stuff. So, hey, it takes a lot for a man to open up. So whenever a guy opens up to you, just be happy he did. Be comforting if he needs it. You know, be that shoulder for him to lean on. But don't dismiss him. Don't dismiss him. Kind of the same way we was talking about the parents with the mental health stuff where they dismiss these kids when they tell the, the parents how they really feel. And the parents just dismiss them. It's kind of how it is with the with guys when they when they're vulnerable and they show that side to women, not like mental health or anything, but just their emotions, their feelings. Hey, I really care for you. I love you. Stuff like that. I re- like when they pour their heart and y'all just act like, nah, you're joking or what's wrong with you? Like that's not the stuff we want to hear when we when we say that stuff to y'all. So just you know, just food for thought, man. Food for thought.
And like I said, I agree with Rel now where I thought about it, even friends, like I'm like, dang, who can I really, who can I really talk to and tell like my true feelings, not for them, but like if I got feelings for somebody else and I got to let somebody know, like I just want to get it off my chest. I don't know. I don't know who I can really talk to. So I think I feel well on that. And it ain't even always like your feelings, like emotionally, like sometimes it's some deep stuff going on in your life that you might not feel like you could talk to nobody about. So yeah, I would just say women try to be more understanding, try not to judge. And when I say judge, like don't respond with is something wrong or are you serious? Like, don't you know, just listen, just listen, be that shoulder to lean on or that shoulder that is leaned on, you know, that's all I gotta say about that. Another thing I've been thinking about is only fans considered sex work and should it be legal? I know we had the whole prostitution talk earlier on the state of Jared a while back. I feel like only fans is prostitution. I'm gonna just come out and say it. I think these women are wilding on only fans. I think, I think they are getting away with a lot of stuff that not even strippers can get away with. Prostitutes definitely can't get away with it. So I think OnlyFans is prostitution on the low. I mean, yeah, you're not having sex. Well, some people are having sex with people for money or acting like they're doing it just for the OnlyFans fans. But even like showing your body and whatever they do, masturbating and this and that, touching themselves, like, bro, it's, it's close. It's bordering the line of prostitution. I, I see y'all, y'all towing that line over there on OnlyFans, man. And I'm just wondering why OnlyFans is like praised, but sex work is still looked uh, down upon. I think times need to change. I think if we're going to let OnlyFans rock, like I said, prostitution needs to be legal. We got to do it in a safe way, but OnlyFans damn near is prostitution. Like women are being paid for their bodies, basically, whether it's just showing it. Or it's looking like you're being paid for that. So what's the difference, right? Because a lot of these women out here, if they could just charge for sex instead of saying, buy me a Birkin bag, <laughs> they would do that, you know? If they could say, pay me a few hundred instead of the Birkin bag, they would probably do that. But now they want the Birkin bags, which I still don't know what this whole thing is. Apparently the Birkin bag is the new thing. I, Bro, I don't even know how much a Birkin bag costs, but apparently they're very expensive. That's been the talk of the streets. I don't have much to say about that because I don't know much about it. I guess the last thing that I'm going to talk about is are women getting out of control with the filters? Hear me out on this. Hear me out. I know women are looking at me right now like, what the fuck? Like, leave us alone. We ain't come for you. Why are you coming for us? But look, y'all already got like the weave. All right. You got the eyelash, the fake eyelashes. You get makeup, waist trainers. Like, y'all get a lot of different things you can use. Whereas, guys, we don't have anything. So now the filter, I feel like, is taking it to another level where we're not even getting your, your true representative. We don't even know what y'all really look like because everything's a filter, and we don't know what you really look like until we see you in person. So when we see you in person, we're like, oh, oh, that's, that's what you really look like. And then sometimes dudes ain't really, you know, they're not as attracted to you in person as they might have been before and y'all might get mad about that like yo why don't you like me for me but it's like do you even like yourself for you hold on i ain't gonna lie that was kind of deep i felt like i deserved a bomb on that but for real it's like 
how do you expect somebody to like you when we don't even think you like yourself? So it's like, I don't know. I feel like the filters are just running rampant right now. Every dating site I go on, Facebook, like, I don't know if women ever take a regular picture without a filter anymore. And I, I have a problem with that. I know we all have confidence issues. I know we all don't like things about ourselves, but it's like, we got to get to a world, man, where y'all are just okay with some of your, with some of your blemishes, with some of your imperfections, because we are, you know how many bad pictures I got up where I don't look right or I might have something wrong with my face. Like I just got to rock with it. Cause that's me. You know what I'm saying? Like if you meet me in person, you're going to see how I look. This is me. Imperfections and all. So I don't want to ever deceive somebody. And, you know, you see women talking about guys deceiving them where it's like, oh, I think you're six foot. And then I finally meet you and you're like five, three. But it's like y'all getting mad at that. But then we can't get mad at these filters. I'm not saying I hate all filters. Like y'all should be able to have filters here and there. But I don't think every single picture should be a filter. I think there should be a limit. I think whatever the app is you use should like the same way Tinder only lets me get a certain amount of swipes every day. I feel like the filter should only let you get a certain amount of filters every day. And they'd be like, all right, cutting you off at five. You're done. You've reached your limit for the day. Come back tomorrow. Everything else got to be no filter. Actually, I just thought about that. That's a good idea. There should be a limit on how many filters you can use in a day, especially on a selfie. Five filters a day on a selfie. After that, you should have to post a regular picture. I mean, y'all still got makeup. That's the thing. Like, y'all get to wear makeup, and you still feel like you need a filter? I'm trying to figure that out. I don't understand how you get to do both. Whereas, if a guy even thinks about a filter, like, something wrong with us, y'all think we, you know, something wrong with us. I ain't going to say too much because I don't want to offend nobody. But y'all could do all this, and then I ain't even get to the hair. Y'all get to wear the wigs, the weaves, whatever. Why can't we do that same stuff? I always wondered that. I always wonder why guys can't wear like a lace front or why a guy can't put on a wig to make it look like he has a hairline when he doesn't. When women get to do all this same stuff, but if we do it, we're fruity or something's wrong with us or this or that. Like, you know, it's just crazy how we're looked at a certain way. If we try to do the stuff they get away with. But to me, the filter game, the filter game is ruining it because y'all Y'all be getting to the point where y'all really think y'all look that way. And then you would get mad at us when we are kind of disappointed that you don't look like that in person. And I wonder, I always wonder if women felt like it was false advertisement, the way they were, the way they were acting with these filters, you know, if they ever felt like they were deceiving us. And if they know, if they know they're deceiving us and like, what's the plan when you actually got to meet somebody in person and the angles. I mean, I'm gonna give y'all the angles though. I'm gonna give y'all the angles. Cause you know what? I don't want to take everything away. I understand you got to have something. So I'm going to let y'all have the angles. I'm not even mad at the angles, but the filter, I feel like y'all can, y'all can fall back on the filter. There's one angle that I kind of don't like. And it's the one where they kind of twist their body to make it look a certain way. I feel like that one, every woman is doing it. And let me just say this. Let me just say women, whenever y'all like do filters or angles, whatever, like whatever you're trying to hide in your pictures, Trust me, y'all might think you, you got it hidden, but guys know what you're trying to hide and they're going to like try to figure it out. So they're probably going to go through all your pictures and then until they can find one without, you know, where they caught you slipping and they're going to be like, oh, okay. But they, they know, 
they kind of can tell where your insecurities are from the picture. And I'm not here to bash women. I understand, like, we all have insecurities. But I just wish it could be more of a level playing field. Because I know I can't glam myself up like that. And when I'm on these dating apps, I got to look a certain way. You know, I, I can only look how I look in my pictures. I can't, I can't touch it up too much, you know. I feel like when you meet me in person, you, you know what you're getting. When I meet somebody, I don't know what I'm getting. And I, that, that part kind of bothers me, but that's, that's what comes with dating. I actually think next year I'm going to be done with the dating apps. Like I said, I'm getting off social media anyway, but I think I'm done, man. Like, I've been going on dates lately, and I'm meeting cool people. I'm having phone conversations with cool people, but I'm just not feeling it, man. I'm not getting the connection that I'm looking for. And it ain't even about, like, sex. Like I said, I'm liberal when it comes to that stuff, but I'm also, like, looking for some type of connection. This is something I was thinking about earlier, too, where it's like, guys, like, we all want to find a woman that makes us feel a certain way. Like, that brings a feeling out of you. Where you're not, like, one way or the other. You're not nonchalant about it. You want a woman that makes you feel something. Even if it's casual, you still want somebody you're, like, you know, into, excited about. Something you feel. So... I feel with all this dating and stuff and the phone conversations I'm having, I'm just not getting that right now. Like maybe I just need a break from all that. And I've been meeting, I think my problem too is I'm meeting too many church women. I've said this in the past. I'm not trying to hate on the church women, but y'all are not for me, man. And I know that. I know that. I'm like my views and stuff. I'm, I believe in God and all that, but I'm not the type you're going to be dragging to church every week. I have a lot of different views. A lot of y'all hate gay people and all this. Like, I'm not that type of person. I love everybody. Just not filters. But everything else I love. So I think I'm meeting a lot of church women. And I don't know why I attract so many church women. I really don't. Because I don't put anything in my my profile that that is like, I go to church every week. I'm paper Bible saved. Like, I'm keeping it so plain in my profile. I'm like, yo, I just want to meet people, cool people. Maybe I should put, I'm looking for good vibes. I feel like good vibes might scare them away. Yeah, I think I'm going to add that to my profile. Good vi- or positive vibes. Is it good vibes or positive? One of those is like the, the signal. <laughs> when people put the good vibes only in their profile, you already know what time it is. So maybe I got to put good vibes only. I'm going to throw that in there. Maybe that'll like make some of the church women fall back a little bit. Because, bro. I had a phone conversation the other the other week with a girl, a woman. Sorry, sorry to the feminist, but had a phone conversation with a woman the other week, and she was super in the church, and we were going back and forth on um, Tinder in the beginning, and I knew from the beginning, bro. She was one of those though. This is the problem I had. She was one of those like I hate gay people. Gay people is a sin and this and that. But it was like, but I uh, have a high sex drive. I'll have sex, and I'm just like, what? How, how sway? Like, how are you so anti-gay, but sex is cool and you're all about church. So that's kind of why I was trying to stay away from the the church people. Cause I feel like they bend the rules with a lot of stuff. I don't want somebody who's going to be like, Oh, this is a sin, this and that. But then you're going to be trying to get me to have sex with you if we're together. And you are like one of those, you know, super religious people. Like I think you should follow the, the way you're acting. I don't want to be a part of that. I already know I'm sinning. So. Let me live my life the way I am, but don't make me feel guilty about what I'm doing. But yeah, I had this long conversation with her. Like, dead ass, we talked three hours on the phone. I think it was till like four in the morning. 
And I kept telling her, like, I'm like, look, I'm not the right guy for you. And it finally got towards the end. She's just like, well, you know what? She treated it like it was a breakup. Like, I felt like we were in a relationship for three hours. She's like, well, I wish you well in the future. We're probably never going to talk again, blah, blah, And I'm like, I, look, I've just been trying to keep it real from the beginning. I don't think I am your type. You need to go find someone who's paper Bible saved. That's not me. I'm digital Bible saved. Although, I think she was probably digital Bible saved, too. She was that liberal with, with sex. Not liberal, but, like, definitely not wait until marriage. And... Yeah, we just kind of ended it there. Haven't talked to her since. Never even met up in person. This was all like from messages to the phone. But from the messages, I could already tell we weren't right for each other. And I was kind of letting her know, like, I don't think we're right for each other. But you know what? She wanted to talk on the phone. So I was like, hey, talk on the phone. I can have a phone conversation with anybody. It's not a big deal. But yeah, man, I'm just looking for something. Like, I just need somebody who makes me feel away. That's all. I just need that feeling back. Like Drake said, <laughs> I just want that feeling back, you know? And I didn't get that from her. Um, gone on a few other dates where people are cool, but it's just I don't feel like they're for me. They're not right for me. I don't think I'm right for them. Sometimes you might see it before they see it or they might see it before you see it. But, yeah, I'm just, I don't know, man. And then with the whole trying to save money thing, I feel like I'm a, I just need to chill for a little while with the, trying to go out all the time and, even though the, the dates I've been going on are pretty low-key, like coffee and stuff, so maybe I could do the coffee stuff, but as far as going out to dinner, taking women out to dinner, I don't think I, I don't think I'm going to do that. Like I said, I'm, I'm falling off from dating next year anyway. Uh, well, online dating. I'm not opposed to meeting somebody in person, and that's the problem I have with online dating. I feel like online dating puts you a step back from where you would normally be. I feel like back in the day, you used to meet somebody while you were out. And when you met them in person, you could already tell if you liked them or not, if you were attracted to them. But with online dating now, it's like you start from a step back. You haven't met them. You haven't seen them. You haven't really talked to them on the phone or nothing. So you don't even know like what their voice sounds like. You don't know if you're attracted to them. You don't know if they act weird. Like You don't know nothing about them. And you got to work your way up to even meeting them. And then by the time you meet them, you'd be like, dang, it ain't really for me. So that's kind of like my one thing I hate about online dating. Yes, you have access to see more people in the world, but you're just starting from a, a further distance trying to get to, you know, somewhere else. And it just never, I don't know. I ain't gonna say it never works, but it just, it takes a lot more work than it would meeting somebody in person. Like there's so many people you meet in person that you can tell after like five minutes of talking to them whether you even like them or not. Whereas online dating, you might not know until you meet them. You could talk on the phone for weeks, months, think you like them and meet them in person. You're just, you're not feeling it, you know? I know that's happened to other people before. It's not just me, so. I think I want to go back to meeting people in person. I think that's what I'm going to try to do in the new year. Because like I said, I'm getting off everything. I'm getting off everything. I'm still undecided how I'm going to do the phone thing. I, I was thinking about getting a, a new simple phone, but then there's certain people I need to talk to through like the app, like WhatsApp and stuff. So I'm like, all right, I might have to keep my phone, but I'm going to take the data off. So taking all the apps off, I might just keep my little uh, Motorola and strip it down with everything. But at least I have access to uh, like WhatsApp and I'll probably get rid of group me too. I don't really, I don't really, I don't want to socialize too much next year. I want to just keep to myself get what I want to get done. I don't want to speak too much on it. You know, I'm going to be low out here, but yeah, I think that's, that's what it's going to be.
I don't really have much else to say on this episode. But, oh, I want to say this. I am 30 episodes deep. Still no commercials. Still. Oh, I ruined that one. I ruined that one. Oh, I was trying to be a cool, like, funk flex thing. Oh, still doing things my way. But I want to thank everybody who, like, continues to listen to this. I know this show is not for everybody. Sometimes it's, you know, going to be funny. Sometimes it's going to be a little weird. Sometimes I'm going to get more personal. It's just different types of episodes. And thank you for those who enjoy the stuff I talk about because a lot of times, I'm going to tell you, a lot of times when I talk about these topics, I don't know if they're, like, if it's coming through good until I listen back and I'm like, okay, this sounds good. So, like, even this episode, it might feel like I'm rambling, but then when I listen back, I might be like, I like it. I feel like every episode, I'm not, I'm always unsure if I'm going to like it or not. And then I always get like anxiety before I record because I don't know. I don't like, I think, I think I overthink the talking on here and I'm like, oh, what am I going to say? This and, that. and then all day I have these thoughts running through my head of what I want to talk about. And I, when I get on the mic, I always feel like I'm not going to get them all out. So I think I think about it too much, but I'm just trying to get better at it. Trying to get better at explaining myself and talking about different things on here. And I know y'all enjoy the guest. I think Damien said he's coming through next next week. So we'll probably do some post-election coverage. It's going to be a very interesting episode next week. I'll tell you what. No matter who wins, it's going to be interesting. Um, I got some spaghetti simmering right now. Shout out to Dominique. I call it Dominique Spaghetti because she gave me the recipe. So I'm about to go eat that. It's almost midnight. This is not quite a late night thoughts episode. But, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how this one's received because, like I said, that late night thoughts one had a lot of listens. And I still don't understand how, but I'm not mad at it. So I'll get back with y'all next week. Just wanted to come in here and rant a little bit and talk some politics and my life and let y'all know what's going on. I think I'm going to end this episode with Joey Badass and J. Cole. This song's called Legendary. It's pretty dope. J. Cole's verse on here is phenomenal. And hope y'all enjoy it. This is Keeping It Real with Jerry Lawrence. I'll be back next week. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. This is legendary. Always been my mission, never secondary. Getting better every January, it's very scary They gon' recognize eventually I take it if they don't give it to me Swear all of it was written for me By a higher conscious spiritually Up in the way, jump in the plane, get on my way right now I want you to believe not only in me, but have some faith in yourself I wish you peace and good health, happiness and some wealth I threw a coin in the well, cause I was feeling so well A token of how I felt, never heard if it fell Not a noise, not a sound, still no reason to doubt Quality what I sell, quantity in the cells Quantum physics myself, count a million atoms of cells This life I'm living it out, damn right my vision is now Don't let the prison you sound, build the strength to break out my brother's at the brick house, the undercover stakeout. Can't you see it's a trap? The type of shit I think about. I sense they needed my help. That's why I had to reach out. What you think? I do it for my brothers under a spell. It's clear we living in hell. The life of a black male.
just a bunch of blackmail just waiting for you to fail a special room in the jail with your name a number on it so you property now i see you properly now it's what the poverty about it's all a game of monopoly trying to cop me a house an elephant in the room until i fit in my tomb and introduced to my doom they say that it coming soon legends they never die them niggas only multiply so put your fire up in the sky they won't ever kill the lie They say the legends, they never die Them niggas only multiply So put your fire up in the sky Cause they won't ever kill the lie Tables keep turning Which way do I go? The fire's burning Inside of my soul Tables keep turning Which way do I go? The fire's burning Inside my control Ready for whatever comes, I hope for the best I taste the peace and pray that never leave my tongue But yet, before long the feeling's done Perhaps I was foolish just like a boy that prays to only see the sun Maybe life happens like ties One minute you're low and feeling shallow Then all of a sudden you rise Just ride the wave, I say to myself Find a way, the weight of my wealth is honestly a lot to bear. I play the game of stacking, knowing that I ought to share. How much does a man need? How much can he hoard before it's greed? How can a rich father teach humbleness to his seed? Just questions, the stubborn all get taught tough lessons. I look at all I got, like what's missing? God is my only guess, cause yes, faith relieves the stress. I find peace again when I find him and see him blessed, real blessed. Life has always got me wondering. Myself. Am I wronging the ones that love me the most? What a burden to have. That ain't no way to live. Or maybe it is. Or maybe it is. Tables keep turning. Which way do I go? The fire's burning inside of my soul. Tables keep turning. Which way do I go? The fire's burning. Legends, they never die Them niggas only multiply So put your fire up in the sky Cause they won't ever kill the lie They say the legends, they never die Them niggas only multiply So put your fire up in the sky Cause they won't ever kill the lie This is legendary It's never secondary I'm getting better every January the idea of it alone is very scary. I kill my enemies by enemies necessary. I said, this is legendary. It's never secondary. I'm getting better every January. The idea of it alone is very scary. I kill my enemies by enemies necessary. 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 necessary.